Can you sail under the command of a pirate? Or can you not? You don't listen, do you? I don't think you ever really hear me. This nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. It stuck with me. I kept coming back to it, just trying to figure out where in the world we had gone so wrong that it had ended up here. Well, I didn't think you had it in you. I'm your huckleberry. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Why, Johnny Ringo. You look like somebody just walked over your grave. Fight's not with you, Holiday. I beg to differ, sir. We started a game we never got to finish. Are you not entertained? Some man you just can't reach. You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. You don't tell your pappy how to cut the electorate. We ain't one at a time in here. We're mass communicating. Oh, yeah. Are you not That's entertained? You Are you not entertained? Just not while you were here. And welcome to the Pirate Professor Podcast. This is your captain speaking. Hey, and this one's going out to my Intro to Multimedia class. This is going to be Chapter 4. And we're going to be talking about something kind of very specific tonight, uh, or today, whenever you happen to be listening to this. Uh, we're, we're talking about navigation and interactivity. Um on websites and it's basically it's it's all about deciding how people interact with your um, thing your website your app whatever it happens to be your story you know if you're if you're laying out multi multi approach or multi-prong approach to telling a story you know you're just sort of asking how this all fits together To kind of help you get your head around that, because I'm assuming most of you haven't spent a lot of time building websites or building a lot of kind of complex organizational things. But there's a place that it kind of makes some sense. And it's actually fairly um, consistent with our actual architecture, you know, um, building houses. Let's just think about a house for a second. Imagine, if you will, your perfect house. You can afford anything you want. Money's not an object. Materials are not an object. You can put it anywhere you want. So let's just say it's on your favorite plot of land, wherever that happens to be. This house can be as big or as small as you want it. But, you know, for the sake of... Uh, arguing say you're not Thoreau and you're not living in a one-room cabin let's say you've got a house of you know 
fairly decent size. It has more than one bedroom. It has more than one bathroom. It's got a kitchen. It's got a living room. Maybe it's got a dining room or a den. It's got things. Heck, as far as I care, you know, you can decide it needs a bowling alley. I don't really care. Just think about what that that is. And um, you can pause this if you want. And, like, write down all the rooms that you want. All the space that you want in this thing. Do you want its own library? Do you want an indoor swimming pool? Do you want a workout room? Do you want to study? Do you want a TV room? Do you want an indoor theater? What do you want? Write it down. Put all of those things in there. This this perfect dream home of you. Now, just make a list. I'm not asking you to actually um, draw it yet. How many stories does it have? Is it one story? Two stories? Does it have an attic? Does it have a basement? Does it have a secret tunnel? Does it have a secret room? What kind of things does it have? Staircases? Does it have staircases? You go from one level to the next level? Alright, you got it in your head? Alright, take a second and just pause this, if you will. And I want you to take out a sheet of paper. And I want you to draw a blueprint of your perfect house. And I want you to try to organize it in a way that makes sense to you. Now I'm just going to pretend that you've paused and you've come back to me at some point in time later and now the magic of time has moved on and now you're staring at this um, piece of paper. Maybe it's more than one piece of paper. Maybe, you know, who knows how complicated you got this thing. Imagine if you will, all right, you're now standing in front of this house. It's done. The question is, from a um, does it make sense from an architectural standpoint or from a flow standpoint? Does it make sense? And while you're coming up with that answer, I am going to play a song. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about it and we're going to show how sort of these things um, relate to um, what you might call it websites. And in the meantime, I'm going to play a song from uh, my old friend Hutto. It's a short song. I just want to put something in there. It's called Let's Go. Let's go play this.
All right, I'm gonna work from the idea that you have now officially come up with something. You've got something, you're looking at your house, you've thought about it, you've decided if it makes sense. And so now I'm just gonna ask you some sort of basic questions about navigation and interactivity. So keep that house in your mind. When you walk in the front door, or when someone walks in the front door, I'm assuming you put a front door in it. Did you put a front door in your house? When, you, when they walk in the front door, where do they land? What is the first thing that these people find? Did they walk into a bathroom? That seems kind of a bizarre idea. But I don't know. You you know, maybe they've been on the road for a while. They've been holding it. It's kind of convenient. First thing you do, you walk in the door and there's potty. Hey. But then again, that might not be such a good idea because, you know, there may be someone else walking in the door right behind you. That would be inconvenient and a little bit awkward. Okay. Well, maybe you have a foyer. Maybe. Maybe. that's That usually makes sense. You probably didn't put a bedroom. Right? Um, because if you think about, like, design for, for houses, you know, you walk in the front door, this is what we typically typically consider, like, a, the, a public area. This is for everyone. And usually the deeper you get into the house, you transition from more public to more private. So this is why the bedrooms are typically not right by the front door. You know, they're somewhere else. They're further away. The, the, the architect has, and I'm assuming you did, put some degree of distance. If you've got a dining room, chances are you put it somewhere close to the kitchen. And then you also have to think about, did you add a garage to this house? Did you add a back door to this house? Do you have more than one door to this you know, exterior entrance? I don't know, maybe. Um, you know, think about your own places that you've lived if you've got a garage do you have do you normally walk in the front door or do you normally work walk in a back door a side door now if you go in a garage in the door in the garage well then typically that's a different sort of environment right um that's if you walk in from the garage where do you normally find yourself um sometimes you find yourself uh close to a laundry room or like a, maybe it's a mudroom. Maybe there is a bathroom pretty close. You know, as soon as you walk in the door, there might be a bathroom right there. And these things are also designed intentionally. You know, the thing about design, you know, and we can talk about this from architecture. Nothing is accidental. Nothing is random. Everything is put in a certain place for a reason. So when you think about the difference in entering or in entering a house from say the back door or the garage door that is typically more of a utility type entrance and it's the it's an entrance for the people who live there it's generally not as fancy but it has a lot more practical application for you and again, you know, we, we get we go deeper and deeper. And sometimes, you know, when we put one room up against another room, where do you, how do they interact? So let's, you know, let's just say you had a bowling alley. You, you decided you wanted that bowling alley. Do you think it would make much sense to put it right between a couple of bedrooms? 
Probably not. Because we have noise considerations. We've got there's so there's all these things that somehow sort of make the world of you know putting things together maybe not quite so easy as you thought. And that's not even considering like all the structural elements. That, you know, where do you put a wall? What's a load-bearing wall? Where it's something that's supporting one thing and not another thing. And if you put you know a staircase in, what's it? going to interrupt is it going to get in the way of something else something just beeped oh that's what it is i've got a little thing thing i'm gonna turn my volume down i'm getting little push notifications from an app from a webex app that's annoying anyway as it turns out these same kinds of rules apply when you're dealing with websites and web design and when we're talking about, you know, it may be graphic design or it could be, you know, just how you want one of the users to navigate your website or interact with a story. So, with that being said, as a multimedia producer, as a content producer, someone who's going to be dealing with a lot of different things you have to realize that you're a creator or you're a content creator in a world that no longer accepts a single medium as sufficient this is why we do things like video this is why we do photography print all these different things because they all are able to they're all they're all bedrooms they're all parts of the story they're all different rooms for this house and they sometimes work together better in certain orders than they do others and so you kind of want one of the things you have to learn how to do is blend these things together and you the best way you know that you're doing a good job is if people don't really notice it you know nobody notices you know if the bathroom is exactly where it's supposed to be or you th would think it would be is in a predictable place but they sure as heck would notice if they walked in the front door and they suddenly found themselves in the master bedroom or a bathroom or some kind of or the kitchen and it's like this doesn't make sense in a normal standpoint so think about these all right next it's because and I'm reading I'm going through the PowerPoint too so if you want to follow along in that it's chapter four navigation and interactivity or you can follow along in the uh, book as well because story is because story structure is so tied to design and presentation we all have to think about the user experience as we determine how to cover a multimedia story. User experience is simply how are they connecting with the story? What's going on with it? What thing leads to the next thing and leads to the next thing which leads to the next thing? One of the big things is how are they going to be using it? How are they going to be interacting with it? Are they going to be interacting with this stuff on their desktop? Are they going to be interacting with it on a phone? You know, by 2011, at least according to Pew Research, by 2011, 47% 40, of American adults adults were regularly using, cell, regularly using cell phones and tablets to access news and information. This is barely five years after the iPhone came on the scene. And so, and we're almost a decade after that. So that number is considerably higher now. So I would say the majority of people at this point in time 
are accessing most of their news through some sort of mobile device. There's actually not that many of us that will sit in front of a desktop as much because we use our, our mobile apps to do all kinds of stuff. And plus with a lot of social media, they're, they've also been you know bringing these things in. Um, they're mixing um, story design with a social media platform. Well, tablets, so for those who may be you know, nostalgic for newspapers or not at all nostalgic for newspapers or whatever, one of the things that was kind of an early complaint of people with dealing with mobile um, devices is that they really missed holding a book in their hand. They missed holding a newspaper or a magazine. They, there, was, there was something tactile about that that they really appreciated and so the tablets the iPads and the Kindles and all these things were originally designed to emulate the feeling of holding the printed word in your hand so it was, it was designed to feel like a book in your hand and it was also done as sort of a um, way to um, help save the print industry um, nobody it's like with the history of communication it's you know the moment we started writing stuff down it's not that, like we stopped talking and print really has a there's a lot of value in print and so people were just simply looking for a way to keep it alive and you know because there's also lots of counter arguments at that point in time um, and we don't really think about it now because um, but there was actually a pretty, it was getting to be a pretty strong pushback against newspaper publications simply because it was wasting so much paper. And paper comes from trees, and people don't like the idea of cutting down trees. Forget this big mass of paper that you're just going to keep for a day and then throw away. Right? And so we don't really so much think about that, but that was actually a pretty big concern at the time. You know, because you may get newspapers you know, today are kind of thin in comparison, but you know, some of those are pretty thick, plus there's a bunch of ads that were inside of them, all of these things. And uh, so they wanted to bring that together uh, without killing so many trees. And so when we think about that, we think about web design, we think about all these things, what we really, we think about is not necessarily the content that's in it, but how the user is going to feel when they're in it. This is our what we call user experience. When you've got a good user experience, a place just kind of feels like home, right? It's it feels good. You make, you're making a stronger emotional impact. But when you have a bad user experience, you also know that too. Um, and and this is one of the reasons why it becomes so important. Is if you have a bad user experience, you're going to have fewer views. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, and so the interactivity that comes with multimedia allows the user not just to consume something, but it also allows them to interact with it. Uh, and it, uh, it allows them to change the pace that they interact with it. Um, so there's all kinds of stuff that in, in that can affect people because you know different people want to have different interests and different considerations and so we want to make sure that they can sort of define their own meaning so if you kind of think about 
maybe when you were younger, you, you had sort of these my adventure books where you would read, you know, a few pages and then the character would have to make a decision. You're like, well, if you want them to do this, turn to this page. If you want them to do this, you know, the other thing, turn to this other page. You know, and kind of your goal was like, at least the ones I read when I was a kid, was like, I want my character to survive this experience. So it's all based on, can I get them through alive? It's kind of the same stuff with websites and stories. Like, you're letting them make those decisions and the pace at which they consume and the order that they consume them. And typically, younger audiences, um, and I would probably say, you know, younger audiences, audiences under 40, which may not seem that young to you guys, most younger audiences would prefer um, nonlinear style packages. Now, linear versus nonlinear, if you remember, nonlinear is like you, it's kind of like a photo gallery. You can pick any order that you want to choose view something you can click this picture and then you can go over there and click that picture there's no set order linear order is more like a slideshow it's like powerpoint all you do is click a button and it goes to the next slide whoever created it is predefining the way that you see it create a linear approach very often non you know that has its place but very often non-linear is um, keeps people's attention a little bit better and one of the reasons why is it keeps people engaged because it allows them choice and you're creating opportunities for them and that keeps them engaged it keeps their brain active in kind of different ways they're not just consuming they're actively involved with the thing the disadvantage though is going back to kind of where our house idea was if you get too much stuff if it gets a little too crazy you can cause the thing to get pretty disorganized and if and you've all been on websites that don't make sense like you click on things and they don't go where you think they're gonna go or you click on pages and they don't work right or it's just confusing and you're not really sure where you are this this is creating a bad user experience and the primary inclination for people in those moments is just to go somewhere else like, you know, maybe the pages load way too slow. Maybe, you know, because whoever uploaded the photo uploaded, like, the highest possible resolution photo that they could, and it takes forever to download, or there's too much video, and it doesn't allow streaming, or, you know, there's all kinds of things that can go wrong. People will give you a little bit of leeway, but if they're having too much trouble, eh, they're just going to go away, and that's going to hurt you. So when we're developing a navigation plan, kind of the same thing as like if you're designing your house, it's a good idea to kind of just go ahead and draw it out on paper to see how it's going to flow. What's going to happen if this goes to this, goes to this, goes to this, goes to this. And, you know, plus it's going to save you time down the road um, when they move, do animated films like, you know, Pixar films. They do all of that stuff in low resolution kind of cartoon drawings um, until they're absolutely sure what the final product's gonna be. Because the time and expense it, it takes to actually generate uh, full resolution stuff in animation is crazy expensive. And so one of the things that we have to do is, uh, or they have to do, I don't do it, is they 
they try to answer all those story questions well in advance so they don't waste time and money doing the other things. So this is what you want to do with your websites. You want to make sure that you've got as organized as possible. There will be design changes, there will be tweaks. Um, but you want to save money and time down the road. So here's some tips on that. First of all, when it comes to your typeface, let's not get too artsy fartsy. Um, there was kind of a running joke when, like, word processing software, like Microsoft Word, first came out, and the, these kinds, kinds of uh, applications that you know they would come with a hundred different fonts built into them, and somebody makes a flyer and they use at least seventy of them. It doesn't look good. Don't try to be too artsy. Keep things clean. It's that you know kiss thing. Keep it simple. Uh, keep it simple, stupid. You want to make sure you do that. If it's going to have multiple layers, you need to build indicators that help users know where they are. And they need to know where they're going in the story. And again, if it's getting too deep, you want to use some kind of breadcrumb navigation. This breadcrumb navigation essentially lets them back their way out of it. Um, we've all been on websites that you click around enough and you don't know how to get back without just kind of hitting the home button and you have to start all over again and that's not really what you wanted to do. You want to give them the opportunity to go backwards a step. And you know, you can also think about table of contents or some a sitemap is basically is a table of contents for a website. You just want to give people options on how they can get see everything and where they need to go. For most of what you guys are going to be doing, um, your stuff's going to be fairly simple, at least in the early days. If you end up working for a company, like maybe some of you are PR majors. You may be managing a website and content and social media and you've got hundreds of different pages that you're having to keep up with. And these things have to interact with things and sometimes you want to make sure if you change one link it doesn't break it somewhere else and all of this kind of stuff. So you need to make sure that's all there. And then, and then, you need to test all this. One of the things that happens with people who create stuff is you know exactly how that thing's supposed to work because you designed it and you designed it to do a certain thing and because you designed it in your head it works perfectly but then you set it someone else down and get them to try to work it and they don't quite understand how everything is connected they're gonna have a much tougher time than you are and so one of the things that we really want to try to create is something what we would call intuitive design, which is like people shouldn't have to think about where they're going to go next. Right? So what you want to do is to see how hard they're having to think, if at all. So if you're going to test it, though, don't just get anybody. If you're going to be testing something, let's say you're building a website that's going to be primarily geared toward... 10 year olds I don't know why not 10 year olds I don't know what they would 10 year old would want but you work for a company and your messaging and website is for 10 year olds the people you need to have testing that website to see if it works and it's actually connecting are 10 year olds you don't need to get a bunch of you know you don't want their moms doing it or their dads going through it you want them going through it and seeing how it's going to fit right you also just don't want to grab your friends just because they're convenient the other thing with the navigation keep it consistent throughout the website 
and throughout the story. One of the things I don't see it so much anymore because a lot of websites are template based these days. But sometimes when people were designing their own and they're building, especially if they're starting from scratch in the old days, you know, they they sort of would lose the plot and they would just start creating things and you it would be become harder and harder and harder to find stuff because their navigation style would change throughout the website. And here's a big one. Think about it from your homepage standpoint. For your primary menus, you can have more than one link on your homepage, but your primary men menus don't offer more than seven options. I honestly, I prefer fewer than that. Like five seems like a really good number. You don't want to give too. The thing is, you don't necessarily want to give people too many options because people don't necessarily want to have to make that many decisions. And, you know, if you're doing your job right, one option leads to the next option because, again, we're going back to you're trying to keep your people from having to think too hard. So you don't want it to be a scenario where they walk into Walmart and there's 200 different varieties of toothpaste and they have to decide which one's going to save them from the dentist. You don't want to do that. You just want to give them a few options, let them go from there. We could also talk about this is where we start getting into the world of illusion of choice when it comes to online media, but that's... A, that's a story for a different day and part of that is don't make users guess where a button is going to take them um, drop-down menus are good I like drop-down menus because they kind of create shortcuts give somebody a preview of where they're you know what rabbit hole they're about to go down so again this is kind of one of those things from the older days when people like when flash first came out and people were like oh I can make anything on the website a button I can make this random part of this one photo a button and I can kind of have these sort of you know Easter eggs built in and everybody thought that was really cool except it's really confusing and you don't want to do that um, you want to keep it clean and simple navigation should be intuitive you don't want people to have to think too hard again you want intuitive design and finally there's we can talk about you know website usability. I'm going to run through this pretty fast because it's you know, it's pretty dry and you can look at it. You're all adults. So what you want to do is find out you know does this thing I make does it work? Does it does it fit the thing that I want? Does it make actually help people uh, make decisions and get to where they want to go? So basically, it starts like this. Um, before you even get started, go ahead and go ahead and take your ego out, put it in a box, stick it on a shelf. Don't bring it. Don't bring your ego with you with this, because remember, you created this thing in theory, and you probably have some sort of um, emotional attachment to it, whether you want to believe it or not. And so, one of the last things people want to hear is you're wrong. So, go ahead and check your ego at the door and understand the limitations of the information you're going to get. You're not going to get everything. And also just remember that it's okay to um, ask for some feedback. It's okay. It's all right. So things we're going to do, and this is sort of basic research type stuff, come up with like 10 to 15 different things you want somebody to do. You're like, all right, I want them to be able to do X, Y, and Z. And, you know, think, all right, this is what the average user should want to do. These are kind of some pretty basic things. Can they actually do it? So, 
you come up with it again this is the um experimental design stuff it's probably going to be a little less form formal than this in real life so you know you have people if it's more of a formal thing this is when we start signing waivers and you know formal things um pre-experiment questions free observation time you know that's actually one that's pretty useful you're going to let people just sort of play on the site you're not going to tell them anything it's like here's the website just click around a little bit see what you do and then you're also going to create you know some assigned tasks um you know these are this 10 to 15 things the xyz stuff that you want them to do so and then you develop all your questions kind of a formal way that you're that way you can follow up with people and make sure that you know, you're getting consistent answers and consistent results that you can um, quantify and then you want to test them so remember you, you don't want to test peers you don't want to test your mom and dad you, you want to test people that are actually the type of person who's actually going to be interacting with this and this could be a everything from a website to a video game it could be there's all kinds of applications for this thing you want to see if things react in the way that people expect them to react and if they can accomplish the things that you expect them to be able to accomplish so you want to make sure everybody's sort of testing in the same environment you want to make sure that you've got consistency so maybe they're all on the same computer or all in the lab they're all kind of it's all in the same kind of thing and you also want to know what you're looking for if you're letting them just sort of play around you know the free observation time you just want you, you want to know what you're looking for and you also want to know like steps people take like maybe you want them to click on an email uh, or contact us link and then you want them to like what you really want them to do is go to your online chat thing because that's where you really want to try to drive your traffic but you know some people are going to want to click the call and talk to an operator because personally that's what I do even though I hate those things, the menu options, you want to see that they can do it. One, you want to see that they're the easiest thing is to go to the chat function or whatever, and you want to try to push that out in front of them. And then you want to see if they ignore it and where the where they go from there. So all of these kind of things. And then after you get all that and you get people testing it and you're figuring out exactly what they do you start looking at all the responses all the quantifiable stuff and you start looking at the success failures is, does it actually work um, and then you start making a list of like the top three things people want to change and also maybe the top three things that they loved because you may find out that they really hate something that you thought they would like and they might really like something you thought they would hate because again there's always a chance that you're wrong about something or you know you may just simply find something unexpected and then we just we make those adjustments and then you know again you're continually seeking feedback and you're looking for to make it better because we always at the end of the day want to make it better and that actually wraps up the uh, lecture for the day or this week it's pretty short and you may be thinking all right um these seem a little generic or maybe it's giving information i didn't really think about or i wasn't really wanting what we're going to get into soon very soon is we're actually going to start diving deep into the individual um components and um 
different mediums and we'll be talking about those a little bit more in depth but this is you know we need the support structure to kind of hold everything else it doesn't do any good to spend a lot of time creating stories if we don't know how to deliver it out there and help people understand some stuff and this kind of falls under this today specifically kind of falls under the category of things people generally don't consider this is kind of the it's substructure where you don't really think about it but you know if it's wrong so with that said I'm gonna just go with the next one on uh, my buddy Hutto's site this is called tank inspection see you next week